You're listening to Where We Are, a weekend conversation on faith, politics, family, and culture, hosted by me, Michael Ware, and my wife, Melissa. We bring our wide-ranging experiences in politics, ministry, and nonprofit life to bear as we discuss the issues of the day. On this week's episode, we'll have our monthly ranking of Republican candidates, and we've heard from you, our listeners, that perhaps... A half hour pasta ranking is not necessarily. <laughs> and uh, we have a very abbreviated pasta ranking just to get you in touch with the best uh, pasta shapes for your fall. This is this is where we are. This is where we are. We are the wares. I'm Michael. I'm Melissa. And Melissa, the the where we are community is growing. We have new folks listening to the pod, finding the pod. Uh, We were just talking about this before we went to air. Um, We are grateful in a way for many new listeners who... Neither know nor care about <laughs> Melissa or I, who have who have written in to inform us uh, that uh, where we are is not spelled W E A R. You you all uh, many of you are very confused, and I've had to. I don't think yeah. many of the people listening. I think what it is is people who find it yes. via YouTube or. Yes, we and, are on YouTube. Welcome to our new new YouTube. And listeners. you know this social media age, Melissa, it's cultivated in people this sense that like, yeah, I have ten seconds to tell these people I don't know that they misspell. This is a good investment of my time. It's not possible that there may be some key information that I'm missing out on. <laughs> um, <laughs> It is. It's great. It's great. Well, on this week's episode, we're going to update our rankings of the Republican candidates. We, if you want to hear us discuss the last debate, you can listen to the previous, or I guess because we did a special episode this week, it would be kind of two. Yes, last last weekend's episode. Um, but let's let's dive into let's dive into the rankings. Uh, things have changed. We've updated our our rankings, but let's let's run run it down. I think a, a, a critical prediction pro, uh, prognosis is that uh, I think we're going to see at least one, and I think uh, really I think several candidates drop out before the next debate. Yeah, I agree. So I think we're going to start seeing the field whittle down. And so there are candidates I'm not even going to mention. And that oh. is that is an indication to you uh, that I think it's very possible that they they don't make it to the next uh the next debate. And so let's let's get to let's it. it. Number 9. Well, so well, we've got introductory oh. You're exactly right. How could I forget? Our listeners really like my selection. So, this is your man. Yeah. Look at the screen. 
That's mine. And, and, I, that, and that's and that's and them. that's what you're gonna settle for. I'm gonna stick beside him. Well, Melissa, that wasn't exactly a uh, setup song. It was more of a setup sound, but I think I think fitting for for this field. I thought it was perfect. Um, all right, let's let's get let's get to it. In eighth, so eighth, we're we're starting. We just have eight candidates uh, this month, and I have Melissa. I have Governor Christie. All right. Yeah. Uh, Keep him on the list. So, unlike some other candidates, I haven't. He, he's named, so that's a win. Right. Uh, I think Christy will stay in. Mm-hmm. He wants to be able to continue to critique Trump. Right. I think he probably he, he may harbor some designs for New Hampshire. Although there's reason to think that he's not. The best Trump alternative in New Hampshire. We'll talk about that. But I have Christy, I have Christy at eight. Next, number seven, Tim Scott. Mm. Now Tim Scott continues to continues to drop. He had yeah. a better debate performance mm-hmm. this last yes. time, but um, I I I, I think. His campaign's seen a decline really since the first debate. Right. He's still in it. His team is talented. I've been impressed in many ways with 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 the campaign, but but I have him I have him at seven here. That's due in large part, Melissa, to this dynamic that we've talked about between him and Haley. Yep, his numbers right now in South Carolina, because there's some new polling. Yep. He's he's not doing Far well behind. against Haley. Yeah. Far well behind. And and so so yeah. So Scott's at seven. At number six, I have former Vice President Mike Pence. Okay, I agree. Um showing very little traction in the polls. But uh, you know, I think really you could have Scott and Pence tied Honestly, if I was in a bit of a different mood, I might, I might flip him entirely. But I do think, um, you know, P- Pence is in an interesting situation if, if Trump falters, um, if if he could say I was right about, you know, I I, I was right to back away uh, from from Trump after January sixth, and so I I have him I have him at six. Number five is where it gets interesting, Melissa, <laughs> which is I have a candidate who's not officially in the race, but uh, that candidate is Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia. Okay. And look, he has big. Uh, it's a big election in the Commonwealth of Virginia coming up next month. If Republicans win the state legislature, a lot of people view uh, that as a big boost to sort of justifying a late entry from Governor Yunkin. Um, I have him, you know, it may seem uh, silly to some to have someone who's not in the race, but look, none of the Trump alternatives have caught fire. And we're in October now. I have a question. And, and you just, you just, um, if, if he jumps in, um, with real money backing him, with 
with a claim that he could turn a blue state red, maybe he becomes the the clear the clear alternative to, to Trump late in this race. Yeah, what's your question? Yeah, I have a question. Let's say he jumped in like November 15th with January 15th being the first um, the first vote, a.k.a. the Iowa caucuses. How does Glenn Youngkin, who is generally known, obviously, in D.C. circles, is generally known to very, you know, aware, you know, Republicans in the party across the United States, but he cannot possibly have the name recognition of like a Pence or even a Haley. Um, he hasn't run for, you know, he's only run for governor, like Chris Christie's formerly run for president, things like that. How does he build up any kind of name recognition to actually truly have a play? I mean, I think he relies on like catching the moment. He relies on a huge surge of media interest okay. following the November elections. So remember, the interesting thing about Virginia is that their elections are off year. And so that means, you know, his election for governor, that got a lot yeah, of play. Oh, yeah, it did. I but know. now the state legislature race, like a lot of national media attention will be on, on Virginia. Because there's not, you know, there it'll be one of the most significant sort of stories this election, uh, this upcoming election. Uh, and and then I think it's, can he jump in with a, with a stark message? Uh, does, does, does the, does the media gravitate to that because they're looking for a fight? They're looking for someone, to, they, 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 they want a, a competitive Republican primary. And so far, they haven't they haven't gotten it. Um, you know that 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 would be the that would be the play. And could Youngkin jump in with a suite of endorsements? You know, mm -hmm. I only think Young Youngkin's a pretty smart guy. He doesn't do this unless it's like lined up for him. And so yes, because you only have two months until that first vote, and you need to build up some kind of, you know, campaign and ground game and yeah, things like and that. So some, you need the money set up, let yes, alone endorsements. And there are questions about are there states where he won't be able to get on the ballot even? Oh right, yeah. And I'm so proud about that. So yeah, it's not it's not an easy thing by by any means. Uh, there are complications. Uh, Here's what it reflects that I have Yunkin at five, which is, um, you know, maybe uh, maybe this is still just a matter of Republican primary voters not tuning in to the primary and once they do. But like Trump is a known like uh, I think what 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 my putting Yunkin at five reflects is this idea that we're in October now. The race is pretty static. Trump, spoiler alert, is by far, by far, by far, by far the front runner. And so, you know, that something disruptive is going to need to happen for anyone to beat Trump. And because this is a ranking, Youngkin jumping in is more disruptive than 
Chris Christie doing whatever he's been doing, you know, like it's more disruptive than my, whatever Mike Pence has been doing. So, so yeah, so I have, I have Youngkin at five, uh, at number four, Vivek. And, uh, you know, it's another thing where it's like, I think Vivek has a pretty low ceiling, but because because Trump is taking up so much of the vote, you just have to weight the fact that Vivek is polling relatively well in national polling, more than you would if Trump was at like 35 and you had, you had, you know, three, four candidates within 15 points of him. But mm -hmm. because it's like Trump and then everybody else, you're really looking to like <laughs> discern uh, uh, who has slight advantages among this big second second group of, of candidates. And Vivek has national polling. He has his own uh, his own money. And so I have him at four. Again, I could see him um, I could see him him fading fading out, but for now, that's where he is. Number three, Melissa. Mm -hmm. Governor DeSantis. Ooh. I have him. Again, this is like another close call, Melissa. He's the clear, clear, clear uh, second candidate in national polling. Uh, so he's maintained that from the beginning. If you were just looking at national polling, I mean, A, you'd say Trump is going to win this thing. But then second, you'd say if anyone's going to challenge him, it's DeSantis. He's been a relatively static um, second place. But I see him faltering in some of these primary states. It's not clear to me. I don't think, you know, Haley's looking strong in South Carolina. So, I, you know, at this point, don't think DeSantis comes in second in South Carolina. I think he comes in third. Mm -hmm. I think he's putting a lot of uh, resources into Iowa. But if Trump wins Iowa, is anyone really going to care that he came in second? Like, if he doesn't have a have a surprise win, is he really going to get that much of a boost out of being second in Iowa? And then New Hampshire, um, as we're going to talk about, like, Haley's looking. There are some interesting recent poll numbers there for Haley. And so even though DeSantis has maintained this national lead, uh, the other piece of this, Melissa, is we have new reporting out on the financial status of the DeSantis campaign. It is not good. And it is not looking good. Um, we know several months ago they cut staff drastically. Like, they've been trying to rewrite this sh this ship and sort of, like, throw off some dead weight. But, like, I, I, I think... Um, yeah, there are really troubling signs for the DeSantis campaign, which is why I have them in third, which leads us to number two, which is Nikki Haley. Ooh. And, you know, 
I know that the knock on Haley is, well, yeah, she that's a early 2000s era Republican Party. That's not Trump's Republican Party, but that's like kind of the point. Okay, so if it's Trump's Republican Party, then Donald Trump is going to win this nomination. Uh, if if Haley can clear this field, get one-on-one with Trump by South Carolina, uh, then she's able to take that, you know, that voters are able to make that, that binary choice. And I think you're starting to see how that could emerge. Um, you, you could see her come second in both. Uh, you, you could see her come second in New Hampshire. And if she comes second in New Hampshire, assuming Trump wins, you know, like who, who else, who else stay, stays in? Like is DeSantis really going to take this to South Carolina just so he could come in third? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so yeah, no one has a clear shot to this nomination other than Donald Trump, but Haley's performed so well for, for several months now, at least, uh, I think she belongs at, at two. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and then number one is, is Donald Trump. He continues to reign. Continues, continues to look very strong. I mean, you know, we are not seeing his national numbers really reliably dip below 50. Um, and he's he's not getting weakened in these states, in the early states. Um, I expect, Melissa, this race to pivot. I think this, this race... Um, in the new year, perhaps it takes that long, but you know the race is going to pivot. It's going to become sort of uh, uh, very much folks trying to uh, these candidates trying to knock down knock down Trump, and I think they're just to some extent their fire is being held, and we'll see what that looks like. We'll see how Trump takes the. Uh, takes takes the fire, um, but at this point he is he is way out ahead, Melissa. Any any comments you'd have? No, you did a great job, Michael. <laughs> no, this is exactly because the last two rankings I would have had a couple people switch, but I really like that you've thrown in Yunkin. I. Wanted to hear the explanation around how he could build something so fast in two months with less name recognition than like a Trump, but I like it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I think this is where it sits right now. Uh, what I'm not hearing discussed, and and it's fair because it it really is based on one poll. So we have. Um, we have these numbers out of this poll came out last week in New Hampshire, um, uh, USA Today poll that has Nikki Haley 
So as Donald Trump at 49, Nikki Haley at 19 in New Hampshire. The next closest candidate is DeSantis at 10. So she's almost doubling DeSantis in New Hampshire. Um, and there, there have been several other polls in the last month where Nikki Haley is defeating DeSantis. I'm not hearing that discussed. I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about that. If you could have a Southern candidate like Haley um, come in second in New Hampshire, that changes the calculus for someone like Christie, even like staying in that long. It certainly changes, um, I think, like DeSantis's expectations. Um, and so, so yeah, keep, keep, keep an eye on that. I mean, interestingly, there have been some polls that show Trump a sub forty in New Hampshire, but most of these polls have him around have him around fifty or at least in the forties. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think I'm interested to see how Haley does heading into the end of the year. Does she maintain and build on this momentum? Can she start putting pressure on DeSantis for people to say, what's your pathway to the nomination? And if she's able to do that, maybe this thing clears out a little bit for her. All right. Uh, that is our, uh, our October ranking for, uh, for the candidates. Very briefly but importantly vitally uh we just want to give you a few pasta shapes a few uh, a, a fall pasta ranking maybe you'll just try out something new this year it's a fun thing we like to do on where we are uh what melissa um did you did you pick something for the po the pasta ranking this month <laughs> i sure did Woke up this morning, got some gabagoo. And then I woke up the next day and got some gabagoo. Keep waking up and keep getting different types of gabagoo. I even got some gabagoo from a Scooby Doo. Woke up this morning, I got. Well, are you proud of yourself? Very, always. All right, let's uh, let's get to it, Melissa. What do we have? All right, for... we only got five pasta this month because I wanted to do five. <laughs> There's no explanation around it. With the pasta rankings, it's my deal. It's my choice. Okay. Okay. So, so, and I'm not going to explain like the first four. You're just going to number five is orzo. Orzo is great in a soup. It's soup time. I do like it. You know, for some reason though, orzo. I don't consider orzo to be Italian. I mean, that's your problem. Well, well, no, I, I'm not even saying it's a problem. I'm just saying orzo is like one of those interesting pasta shapes that um, even though it's pasta, which, you know, I think the Italians pretty much, you know, have that locked in. Uh, I feel like the Greeks have claimed orzo. Mm, okay, I can see that. Well, you're going to be really upset about number three. I on feel this like list. orza and like a, with like a, like a, a pasta feta. salad with feta. Yeah, I feel I'm like. I'm not thinking pasta salad. That's summertime. It's fall. Fall time is soup time. Orzo and soup. Okay, fair. 
Another soup one, soupy, but this one is specifically for when you're sick. It's pastina, which is a very, very, very tiny, tiny pasta that you make with basically some egg and you make it for your kids or yourself when you're sick and it's fantastic. It's Or just some chicken broth. Yeah, yeah chicken broth, whatever. Pastina is a yeah. great, great little pasta. Number three, you're going to be upset. Egg noodle. It's I'm upset. Fall. It's fall. Egg noodles are great with some kind of hearty meat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm convinced. <laughs> no, um, number two, this was on the last ranking. Again, we're further into fall, and this rigatoni makes me feel like fall. So rigatoni's at number two. You put it with a meat sauce, and you okay. feel good about it. Yep. Now, okay, you're going to be real surprised at number one. Everybody else is going to be real surprised at number one because number one is very basic, one of the most basic staple pastas on the planet. I have not ranked it before, but I got to rank it right now, and it's spaghetti, and that's number one right now in my I heart. I think I know why. Well, you tell me why. No, you. it's your ranking. You <laughs> okay. Tell me why. Well, okay, here we go. There is a brand of pasta called Garofalo, and it is now sold at Costco of all places in bulk. Now, Garofalo used to only be sold at specialty Italian stores, and I think they make the best dry spaghetti that you can buy. But now they make the best dry spaghetti you can buy in a regular mainstream store. So go to Costco, get the bulk pack. comes with three packs of spaghetti and then three packs of two other different kinds of shapes, which are great. But Garofalo's spaghetti is spectacular, I would say. And then... You know, if you're going to do that, uh, blow your mind even further and make it with tomato applesauce. Oh, yeah. I wasn't thinking that. But yes, you're right. Yes. Tomato applesauce, uh, applesauce the fall staple of the warehousehold. Uh, the, uh, we sent out the recipe, I think, on, on the Substack. Yes. Uh, but to subscribers only. Sorry. We're, well, it's a good reason to subscribe. You should subscribe. Where we are, .substack.com. Uh, but yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. All right, so spaghetti reigns supreme this month. And it honestly, I feel like a lot of you will identify with it because I feel like a lot of you have been expecting me to put normal pastas on this list. And there you go. There it is. Woman of the people. I am. It's uh, me. Hey, that's episode... Uh, Please consider coming to D.C. for the For the Good of the Public Summit, uh, November 6th through 7th. You could learn more. Register at ccpubliclife.org. And also, my book comes out in three and a half months. Dude. Spirit of Our Politics. You'll be hearing a little bit more about it in the coming weeks and certainly coming months. Uh, but would love if you would pre-order it now. All right. And just to let you know, next week we will be taking a break, so no new Sunday episode next week on the 15th. That's right, but we'll be back on the 22nd. Yeah, with a couple guests. Ooh, very exciting. All right, you've been listening to Where We Are. Bye, me. the end of the weekend but i still wanna turn up yeah i still wanna turn up all i want is to go again but you ain't picking your phone up why you messing my head up